Hey everybody, Melinda Russell here with Women's Motorsports Network. And my guest today is Lexi Master. And if you think that we don't meet women from around the world, today you're going to find out that I do meet women from all around the world. And so I'm excited to talk to Lexi today. We're on way different time zones, but she's going to tell us a little bit about that and where she lives. So Lexi, I want to thank you for being with me today on the show. And the first thing that I want to do is have people uh, find out a little bit more about you. So would you share, um, you know, where you live, your family, anything that you're comfortable sharing? Yep. So we're currently right here. We're at Taupo International Motorsport Park. Um, and so I am based here in Taupo in the North Island of New Zealand. And so right now I I operate a big full-size racing simulator. So it's called V8 Supercar Simulator, and it is a full-size V8 Holden supercar. And I also am a brand ambassador for PM. We do a lot of, of have a lot of PM products, and I'm a big fan of that. That's also what we run in our race cars. And so I I typically race as much as I can. I did have a um, um, an injury, so I've, I'm recovering from a broken leg, so that's kind of slowed me up a little bit. But other than that, that's that's where I am, and I'm at you know my dream location at a racetrack, surrounded by race cars and race simulators and, and all sorts of goodness. Isn't you know that's just your happy place, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. So now tell me what PM is because. Maybe that's something that they run in the United States. I'm not sure, but I'm not familiar with it. So what is PM? Yep. So PM stands for preventative maintenance. It's PM lubrication. It's uh, it's oil. So it's they actually ran it. It's been around for over 40 years. They ran it in IndyCar in the States. It's based, it comes out of Australia. And we are actually really lucky to be the exclusive distributors of PM lubrication products to all of New Zealand. And historically we were having trouble with oil temperature and oil pressure problems in the race cars. We were running all the other race oils and, and name brand stuff. And it was uh, an old, old, I guess, logging company used to use PM in their stuff. And it was suggested that we try their oil and PM makes a PM 404 racing oil. You tried that and it stabilized the oil pressure. It kept the temperatures down. And then we the supply dried up, so it was like, oh no, what do we do? And we were able to track down the original company, and um, and now we're the people bringing it in, and I'm really proud to, to be involved with everything and to be able to help other racers improve their performance. Awesome. That's very cool. I'm glad I asked you to explain that. <laughs> and so, Lexi, is this what you're doing there at the track? Is that your full-time job? That's what you do? Or do you have a job outside of this? So I do a lot of things. Um, I'm a historically I've been a professional scuba diver. I'm also a certified yoga instructor. I do the the simulator stuff. We run, uh, take it all over the country, or people can come here at to the vault at the track, and um, a lot of contract work. I do. There's a lot of things. Okay. And I'm also a volunteer firefighter at the local brigade. Wow. You're a busy woman for sure. Yeah. And you know, what I find is that, I mean, not that other women aren't busy too, but women that I interview are 
you know, wives, moms, they work a job, they work several jobs, they volunteer, and they seem to always find a lot of things to do besides race. They just keep busy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're not involved with racing, do you have any time to do anything just for fun? And if so, what would that be? Um, for fun, I, I, I like to work on the cars. I've, I've ride motorcycles. I used to race motorcycles as well. Um, so I'll try to go for a ride. I also recently, um, went through the process to get my firearms license here in New Zealand. So I've got a really nice rifle that, that I like to go to the range. Okay. Again, things that keep you busy and, and there's just never enough time for all the fun stuff that we know because we're so busy doing other things. So um, is there anything about you that most people don't know that you'd be willing to share with us? Or are you an open book? Um, I don't know. There's probably a lot people don't know about me, but <laughs> it would, uh, it, I guess it would take a, some, a trigger question to, to reveal okay. something, I suppose. Okay. All right. So motorsports, how did you get involved in motorsports? Who got you started? How old were you? Who inspired you? Yeah, so it, I actually got into motorsports really late in the game. Um, nobody in my family was into it. Um, I just really, really, really liked cars and performance vehicles. And I was actually working as a delivery driver um, for an automotive store. And so I was delivering like, all, all sorts of stuff, <laughs> um, just to, to different mechanics and, and body shops and performance shops. And one day, one of the guys was just like, you should come out to an autocross. And I was like, what is an autocross? And basically, you know, they explained it as it's, it's a course, and you can take your street car out there and drive it as fast as you can on it. And mm -hmm. from then, I was like, all in. So I went to like a, a novice day. And it was at the end of the season, so I did the, the novice event, and it was I was just hooked. I signed up for the full season after that, and then you know you you have your stock car. So then if you win in your class in the stock car, it's like oh well I can't just race in that class again. So the next year, you know that's how I actually got into motorcycles was because I need I wanted to modify my car, and at the time it was my only car, and I couldn't fit another car where I was staying, so I got a motorcycle okay. and modded the car, did did you know the modified class and and then ended up finding oh you can you can race motorcycles too and it all kind of <laughs> kind of went from there and um from autocross i went to secca track nights in america which are awesome again you can take your streetcar i met racer randy popes there which was really awesome and we've developed a lifelong friendship and he's really helped me along the way and just over the years it kind of progressed and then to, to basically now i'm uh, doing national level racing here in New Zealand, which is a dream come true and something I never, I never thought was accessible to me, which um, I think is a, is a key thing. And, and what we're doing here is to, to let people know that you, you can be that racer. You can race at a national level. It's not for these other people. It's, it's for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, you know, one of the favorite sayings I have is if you can, if you see her, you can be her. Yeah. And 
in the past, we haven't seen a lot of women, you know, years ago. I mean, in the last five years, of course, it's exploding. But uh, in the past, you know, when I was a little girl, uh, for first of all, my parents weren't into racing. And, and, you know, nobody my age, women especially, were racing. And so um, by the time I got interested in motorsports, it was because my husband worked, my husband at the time, my, my divorced husband, but he worked with some guys that raced. And so we started going to the track and watching them. Well, my son was about four years old. He got hooked. And every Sunday night, he was like, are we going to races? Are we going to races? And he ended up getting involved in racing. And so, you know, we, we just kind of find a path that we never thought we were going to take for sure. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. So tell me a little bit more about your actual racing. It, it, you said nationally. So is that a series that you race in? Okay. Can you, why don't you tell so, us a little bit about that? Yep. So um, most recently I've been racing in the E30 BMW um, series that's sponsored by, by Dunlop here in New Zealand. So there is the North Island and there's the South Island and there's two separate series. So I've been racing in the North Island series, and that's the the Specky 30s, which is really fun. So I've got uh, a fully prepped, caged Specky 30 in the Gulf Oil livery <laughs> um, that I run, and that's been that's been really great uh, up until I broke my leg. <laughs> yeah. So did you break most... did you break your leg in a racing deal or something else? No, I, I rode an ATV off a cliff. Oh, well, that's probably not a good idea unless you're Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, I think I'll stick to race cars and motorcycles. Honestly, I feel like they're safer. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Ooh, excuse me. How, how much of a dive did you take? Uh, it, was, it was pretty significant. So I got off... Um, I, I was able to kind of throw myself off around 30 meters down, but the um, ATV kept tumbling down to about 60 meters. Wow. Uh, I got the, I got the whole helicopter rescue and everything. It was, oh, um, and it, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, but the, that's the quad crazy. bike started right back up after they got down to it. They had a bit of trouble getting it out, but my and leg didn't quite have the same fate. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So um, tell me, what is your car color and number, and how did you choose that? Yep, so my car color is the, the gold oil, so it's the light blue with the orange. Um, mm -hmm. if, if, you have, if you have the video, you can see behind yeah. me, this is an old bonnet from the car. My car okay. number, I usually try to run under 69, and the reason I run under 69 is because whether you're right side up or you're uh -huh. upside down, it's the same number. And that That's way it's great. easily identifiable five on track, although you never really want them to have to identify you when you're upside down. Right, exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. that's not a good thing, but that's a good reason to have that number for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I would have to think that, you know, one of your most memorable moments in your life was falling off the cliff and breaking your leg. But as far as racing goes, do you have a most memorable moment? And it could be a good moment or a bad moment. There's, there's been so many good and bad moments. So there's not really a, a most memorable, but 
Um, one moment that particularly comes to mind was a um, just like a grassroots charity endurance race that we were doing. And it was it was a whole team of us. And we had this like car that it wasn't fast, but it turned out to be really, really reliable. And, you know, we we had the award for we got awarded most fun was oh, our trophy is the most fun trophy. And, and you know, we had a um, our team, you had to have a theme. And so our team was the, the flying pig. And we had a giant life size fiberglass flying pig with aerodynamically developed wings to hold the pig down on the roof of the car. And so, you know, we won and I was you know, the, the, the most fun award. And I'm, I'm sitting on this pig with a bottle of champagne and an award like on top of the car with, with a team. And it was just, it was just, yeah, that was, that was a pretty good moment. And, and everyone on the team was just, we were, we were thrilled because we didn't really think the car would even finish. That's very cool. And that's a great memory for sure. Absolutely. So who helps you with your car? If there's somebody you want to mention and are you hands-on with it? Can you say that one more time? I, who helps you with your car and are you oh. hands-on? I, I'm very, very hands-on. Um, I try to do everything myself. Um, if I can't do it myself, I, I get my partner and my friends or, or family to, to come assist me. But honestly, um, unless it's like removing a, a gearbox or something, I really prefer just to do it all myself. Um, and I've kind of documented my journey with that. I've got a YouTube channel where I, I have a series where I do gearhead girl garage and it's it's literally just me documenting my diy work on the car and it's um not just for other people but for my own personal reference if i have to go back in i can right. see what i did and and how i did it i love that so gearhead girl garage is your youtube yep. channel so if people want to follow or get on there and yep. see what you've been up to that would that's that's great that's fun so yep, there's a lot uh, yeah, I'm sure there's been a lot of, there's probably a lot of things on there that other people might get some benefit from too, if they watched yeah. it. Yeah. I also sure. did. Yeah, we did. Um, I'm a member of multiple car clubs here in New Zealand and with uh, FIA regulations are kind of worldwide. And, and we've done some videos on just how to get into racing, what kind of gear you need, the standards that you need to meet. Um, and cause the standards are ever changing like with helmets and, and belts and, and all that stuff like that. So I try to keep up to date on that and share videos on that. Um, uh, not just for our car club members, but for anyone who, who's looking into getting racing or wants to stay up to date. Good. That's good. Good information for people to, to find for mm -hmm. sure. So do you have any marketing partners that you'd like to talk about? Uh, a lot. <laughs> um, obviously, <laughs> it, it, PM Lubrication and, and V8 Supercar Simulator have, have been, you know, the biggest is also Mike Shaw, Fiberglass, Tapple Brake and Clutch, Terry's Tires, um, Talling Electrical, and th there's so many different people and individuals like Randy Popes that have helped me out along the way and have been pivotal to, to my racing journey. Okay, awesome. So how do you deal with a bad day at the racetrack? Well, any day where you're walking and driving away in the car like no matter what happens is usually a pretty good good day True. and um if if the car is broken <laughs> then 
you know, for me, how I deal with it is go back in the garage and just start working on it and fix it. If I need to get parts, I get the parts. A lot of times, um, it's almost, you, you almost, like, when, when things go wrong, you tend to meet a lot of people that you wouldn't otherwise meet because people in the pits might have the parts you need. And it's, it's really cool. Like, um, with, at Barber Motorsports Park, we were, I was racing with, with Randy and we um, had a pretty catastrophic failure. And then you end up meeting all these other people who have all these other parts that you didn't even think. And it was amazing because we actually got, we thought we were done and we got back out on track and then made, made some new friends along the way. So uh, there's, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's bad days, but it's also an opportunity to meet new people mm -hmm. and to, you know, get the car back together. And, and so I like that you have kind of a positive attitude about if you have a bad day, because uh, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, well, if I have a bad day, then it gives me a chance to maybe meet other people who are willing to help. And we know that at the racetrack, there's always somebody willing to help. Yeah. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody you already know. And so I like right. that perspective that it's an opportunity. It's not a problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So what's your favorite part of being a driver? What's your favorite part of being a driver? I I just really like I, I love <laughs> I love chicanes. I love I just love being in the car. I love going as fast as I can. And I love just trying to perfect it and get faster and faster and, and go, you know, using up the whole width of, of the track. Um mm -hmm. honestly, if if you left me on a racetrack with, with my race car and I've actually done this before. I just drive until the car breaks or until I run out of fuel, you know, even if it's, you know, I've had the privilege of being able to do that. So not just racing, but just, Hey, here you go. Open test day, go as long as you want. And I will just go all day long. Just the, the big, my biggest competitor is myself. So it's for me, I don't, yeah. Winning a, an overall class is, is, is fantastic and thrilling. But if, if I'm making personal best gains, like it to me, like I it's I'm happy, you know, yeah. and to be in that car, to be on track and to be seeing those times drop. That's my favorite part. Yeah, for sure. To see improvement, even if it's a little bit of the time, it's still an improvement and you feel accomplished because you feel like, yeah. you know, that's that's part of it. So what has been your biggest obstacle or maybe something that you would still like to improve on with your driving? Um, I just, I just constantly want more seat time. I want um, the, I guess some trying to, to, I guess, racing, pick, pick racing series um, and, and maintain that competitive edge. Uh, like the E30 series, um, I had that car, you know, it's all spec, it's all everything. And then it, it, as soon as like a series regulation change or the class changes, um, like I just got an email that said that Dunlop is not sponsoring the E30 series anymore. And I have a brand new set of, of Dunlop tires that I've already purchased. So it's, you know, it's things like that that are, are kind of um, frustrating and obstacles. If you pr prep a car for a certain class and that class isn't available anymore or they change the class rules or you have a supply of tires that you bought because there was a short supply 
And then yeah. you're like, all right, I'll be prepared. Um, and just, you know, there's a lot of costs associated with it that the mm -hmm. tedious bets, especially racing on a national level, can get a little bit uh, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So because they're not sponsoring it anymore, then you have to use whoever is sponsoring. You have to use their tires. Yeah, yeah. and then you have to hope that they have the stock. So it hasn't been decided yet who will be sponsoring. And, and then when that happens, you have to get the stock. And then no one's going to yeah. want to buy your old stock and you can't no. use it on track. So you've got an expensive set of tires that are worthless, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, you know, you can wear them out on track days, but. Yeah. Yeah, true. So what is your goal for your racing career? You know, you're still young. You've got a lot of years left. At the end of your career, if you look back, what are some things you would like to have accomplished? Um, I just, uh, I want to do full, full series, like, um, just commit to, to a full spec, preferably a spec series, because I, um, that's why I picked the BMWs because it's, um, the, the spec E30 is a, a driver series opposed mm -hmm. to checkbook racing. Um, so I, ideally I, I'd like to, to do that. Um, and that's, and really just, just to be, to be out on track, to have a life that revolves around, around racing. I basically set up all, all my work and everything to, to, you know, give me those, the ability to go to every mm -hmm. single race meet for whichever series I choose to participate in. Yeah. And um, just to continue on with that. And I'd like to, you know, just promote the sport and inspire others to, that they can, they can do the same thing. Yeah. I started with like, like nothing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, women, young, old, whatever, they look and they look at that and think, well, that's out of my, you know, ability. I can't do that. And then they see you and you're encouraging women or men too, probably to get into the sport. And then it's, it's a positive thing. And you're a role model to say, I'm doing it. If I can do it, you can do it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So have you had any unexpected benefits or challenges about being a woman in motorsports? Um, benefits or challenges? Do they treat uh, you just like one of the guys? Typically, yeah. Like, and if they if they didn't, I wouldn't really notice. Uh, I guess. Um, The, the benefits is that you're usually typically memorable because there's not necessarily a lot of girls. Mm -hmm. um, some of the challenges I had were really only on a, on a personal level. Like if you ended up dating someone who <laughs> like I, I was competing with and it was fine as long as they were winning. But then as soon as I beat them, yeah, <laughs> the relationship pretty much ended after that. And then, um, yeah. And then with the motor, motorcycles I got into motorcycle racing because I had a partner that was racing and and I wanted to you know I didn't even necessarily want to race but I just wanted to, to ride on track with him and and it was a it basically ended up being oh you're not good enough I don't want you to go to this thing because you probably won't pass the test and it was like I wasn't even trying to pass the test I just wanted to ride with you and so 
that's that's what led me to be like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to race school now, and I'm gonna see if yeah. I can pass the test. And I did pass the test, and then I I started road racing motorcycles. So there, um, so there. That's probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, you know. And now, um, and now I've got a really awesome supportive partner that if I beat him, it's fine. If he beats me, it's fine. If we have a really good like competitive. Um, you know, relationship where it's like on track, yeah. it's like, Oh yeah, it's all go. Uh, but then yeah. off the track, you know, it's, it's still supportive and, and that's the way know, it should be. Yeah. That's the way it should be for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But generally, so our, and, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying, but, but generally like, uh, especially like, um, especially in New Zealand, it's it, people, when you show up, like it doesn't like don't worry about what people think. Like you just show up and you do what you need to do. Um, the, the respect comes over time. Like uh, you can tell that there'll be a little bit of hesitation. Like, oh, what's this girl? What's her deal? And then once they figure out what you're doing, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And sometimes you just have to prove yourself on the track. You know, you roll up and they look at you and they think, oh, you know, they roll their eyes or whatever. And then yeah. once you get on the track and you're competitive and you hold your own, then all of those doubts go away. And so it, it just yep. does take time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So are there very many women that race and do, you know, like when you're competing or are you, you know, one of the few? Um, there hasn't been many. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a few and of course they're, they're memorable because there's not that many. Um, there's a lot of um, a lot more women that seem to be in the organizational roles, um, and then uh, and sometimes they race as well, which is really nice. Uh, typically, in whatever class I'm in, I'm usually the only girl. Yeah, I kind of figured as much for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you look back and you you want to, we all want to make an impact on motorsports in one way or the other because we want people to, you know, like for me, I want to connect and celebrate women that maybe never get to tell their story. And so that's how I want to make an impact on motorsports. What would you feel like is your, you know, ideal thing if they said, I remember Lexi because she did this or that? Um, basically, well, as far as being remembered, um, I, uh, it's a little bit long. I, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. Um, I always wanted to go to New Zealand. Long story short, I ended up on a plane. I, I quit my job. I had no, you know, no connections, no support in New Zealand. I packed a bag with all of my car racing gear. I wore my motorcycle leathers on the plane, I had a car racing helmet and then my motorcycle racing helmet as my carry-on. I flew to New Zealand, didn't know anybody and didn't, you know, didn't know how I was gonna make money or anything. And just started, I got to a racetrack. I met the Superbike guys. I, and I kept going on racetrack to, to racetrack, traveling around with racers, meeting amazing people. And from, <laughs> sorry, from nothing, I ended up here with a dream life. Like it's amazing. So 
Um, and I, I can tell how much it means to you. Yeah. I can tell how much it means to you. And, you know, that's really, when you talk about a leap of faith, you really took a leap of faith. Yeah. Because you, so what was it about New Zealand that was drawing you to there? It was, it was just a gut feeling. Like I, it was just kind of a nagging gut feeling and it was a, it was a now or never type type deal. And it was like, you don't want to have, the, you don't want to know what if. Like, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And it was the best decision I ever made. It was really tough at times. Like I was, I was homeless, sleeping out of a car, working full time as a, as a professional shark diver at the National Aquarium down in Napier. And, you know, I didn't tell anybody that I didn't have, a place to live and I was trying to you know because I couldn't afford it and and I ended up instead of paying rent I got a storage shed so that I could have my car parked in the storage shed and kind of leave it the door up at night so that I wouldn't get locked in and then I was able to because I was saving money by not having to pay you know traditional rent I was able to get a motorcycle I signed up for the track day before I had the motorcycle. I signed up for the track day to make sure that I got a motorcycle and, and rode it to, you know, hours and hours to this track, a, a bike I'd never been on. And, um, and basically that's, that's the whole um, message is that if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to do it. And it's not easy, but you can do it. Wow. I, I'm just sitting here in awe. <laughs> of you, Lexi, because I, I don't know anybody that's done what you've done because you just, like I said, you took a step of faith and, yeah. and you just knew that this is where you were meant to be and what you were meant to do. And, you yeah. know, I know young women who've moved from California to Mooresville, North Carolina, because they loved racing and they got a job in that but they had family to fall back on if they needed it. And they had, you know, they were only across the United States. They weren't across the world. And, yeah. and that's, that's amazing to me. So how often do you come back to the States if at all? Not very often. Um, the last time I was there is because my, my cousin got killed. And that was just before all the lockdown stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so, so maybe every, every, yeah, every now and then. Um, but yeah, not, not too often because it, it is a big to-do. Yeah. Um, and then if you, if you make that flight, I think they have shorter flights now, but my average flight has been around 32 hours. And if you're doing that, you kind of you want to take at least a month or so to, to be stateside, because yes. uh, when I do come back, there's a there's a lot to do and um, trying to pack it in and then yeah. kind of apply time for jet lag. And then, of course, sort everything to be able to take a month or two off um, here. So yeah. it's it's a lot of it's a lot of admin to do that. Yeah. And then, of course, I really want to make it worth it when I when I do go back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a long trip. I don't care how fast the plane goes. And yeah. so yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about social media because um, yep. you know, that's how I meet um a lot of women. And actually, I think 
um, oh gosh, his name just escaped me. Carrie, is that how yep. I, yes, Carrie, yep. Carrie yep. is, uh, Carrie Rouse is who introduced us and he does a lot of things with SCCA and other things, but he's actually, I'm, I, he's doing what I want to do. And that is, uh, take his motor home and travel to all different kinds of tracks. And so, um, I, I'm going to do uh, some more of that, more than what I've done um, in the future here. But uh, so I'm a little you jealous of should. what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. But um, he introduced us. But normally, Lexi, I meet women through social media or I have people who introduce them to me like Carrie did. So one of the questions I want to ask you is how do you use social media to promote yourself, your race team, your series? Um, and how would somebody follow you if they wanted to follow you? Yeah. So as far as social media, um, I've, I have um, my own website. Uh, it's uh, ghglife.com. I use um, Instagram to kind of cross-promote the, the YouTube channel, um, the Gearhead Girl YouTube channel. And um, basically... Also through the the car clubs, I do. Uh, I'm the webmaster, and I do a lot of um, the social media side for the car clubs. And basically, it's uh, posting up the events, trying to be like, "Hey, this is coming. Um, if you want to attend, it's free or whatever the price is." Uh, trying to get people out there, you know, as much advance notice as possible. Hype people up for the events. Hype people up for you know here's what we're doing with the race car. You know, here's the, we're going to be at this car show. You can come check us out and um, just all sorts of that, basically that and, and just sharing it with, with as large an audience as you can. And, um, and then also being accessible, you know, if, if people are asking questions, responding to those questions and interacting with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so, is basically Facebook and Instagram are the two that are what you use the most? Yeah, so yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and largely um, YouTube, as I, I just try oh, yeah, to- the YouTube channel. I've kind sure. of, even, even when I was like homeless, I was I was going, and they don't have Wi-Fi here, I was going to the, the BP, which did have like the only place that had Wi-Fi and like uploading YouTube videos, like the whole time I've been uploading at least like one video a week. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, and then responding to the comments on YouTube and then sharing the YouTube videos on, on the Facebook groups and stuff like that. Uh, and on okay. my, um, so I've got the Facebook DHD page and, and everything as well. And, um, the page for, for the vault, which is the, uh, the building that we're in now. Okay. So I forgot to ask you, when did you move to New Zealand? What year was it? Um, that's a good question. I want to say 2018. So you haven't been there all that long. No, I went. So Five what, years. Um, I went on a working holiday, maybe like 10 years ago. And um, again, that was just a gut feeling like, hey, this is somewhere I need to go. I went there. I thought I was, you know, I was working, um, volunteering and also doing marine research down in the South Island and um, the company that I was doing the, the aquarium and marine research for, they, um, my understanding is they were, they were sponsoring me. So I went back to the States, packed up all my stuff thinking I was coming 
to go live in, in New Zealand and and then um, the embassy basically that that it wasn't I wasn't eligible and I wasn't eligible for another work visa and I never heard from those people ever again and um, um. and I spent yeah like years and years trying to get back so when I I got um, the organization that I had gotten the working visa through sent me they just sent out a generic email one day going hey there's this new visa that's been approved for you know americans that can you know it was like it was like well this is it like i either go yeah. now or i'm not gonna go right. at all yeah and it was the adventure of a lifetime not always the best days of your life but in the long run it has turned out to be the best decision you've made oh yeah definitely yeah for sure if anybody's got a gut feeling about racing or, or really anything in life, like it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely worth it to pursue it. You just have to realize that there's going to be a lot of, uh, it's, it's tough, but when you break through the other side of that, it's, it's, it's amazing and definitely worth it. And, you know, yeah. and then you don't have a life of, of regret or wondering because you did it. Right. One of my favorite sayings, mostly to my family, you know, um, trying to decide, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go here or there? And one of my favorite things is hashtag no regrets. Yep. So don't have, don't have any regrets. Don't look back and say, oh, I should have done this. I should have gone there. I should have called my mother more. I should have done, you know, whatever yep. it was. Um, no regrets. And so that's one of the things I kind of live by a little bit is, um, you know, I, I love people. I send a lot of cards. I, you know, like to know your story. I want to, I want to become friends with the people that I interview. I want to keep track of them because I think it's important to hear your story and the other people that I interview. And, and so I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to blow somebody off because I'm tired or it's raining or yeah. whatever it might be. I, I want no regrets because I never know what that story might have in it. Like today, I did not know that about you. And <laughs> I would have missed out on that had I not done this yeah. interview with you. And so I really appreciate you being so honest and open about what you did, that it wasn't always easy, but, you know, it was a good decision that you've made. And and I thought you were a motorcycle racer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I did. But... Yeah. So Lexi, is there anything that we haven't talked about that we need to talk about when it comes to your story? Well, I think we've covered mostly like, you know, the, the important bits and um, okay. basically it's just, just know that racing can be for everyone. Um, any any budget level or anything like that. Um, and then, of course, as Carrie probably touched on, the, the SCCA is, is yeah. in Atlanta region is, is how I got started with everything. And they're a great group of people. And mm -hmm. um, and they'll help anybody out. And you can yeah. get started even if, you know, even if you, you just have your own, you know, in your daily car. And it, who knows what yeah. it can lead to. And, um, yeah, and basically I just... I've just done, you know, if it's cars or motorcycles or whatever, I'm, I'm all into it. And, 
and I, yeah. you know, I just love, love racing. And, and I, if you, if you love it, you can make it your life and it's wonderful. Absolutely. Those are very, very good words that you just shared for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't have any other questions for you unless, like I said, you had something else to share. And I think that was a, a great way to end the show with your words right there. So I just want to thank you. Um, let's talk about this for a minute. We didn't mention that it's about 9.45 a.m. Yep. In New Zealand. And it's winter. So she has on yep. her her shirt, her sweatshirt, I've her jacket. Like four layers on. <laughs> because it's cold there. Yep. So how cold does it get in the winter? Uh, it, it's uh, definitely below freezing. Uh, it's there's a there's a mountain nearby that pretty much uh, has has snow on it about six months out of the year. Um, yeah, it gets it gets cold. It's Especially yeah. yeah, right now it's pretty cold. We don't have uh, a heater per se in here, so I just I just layer up, and um, what is it? like negative three. Um, I get confused with the conversions, the Fahrenheit and Celsius. Yeah, I I don't I can't keep track of those either myself. But it's cold, and so it's not racing season. Actually, it is racing season. So the cool thing about these kiwis, and this is also another reason why I like. So New Zealand is the extreme sports capital of the world. There's like all sorts of, you know, bungee jumping and skydive, whatever you want to do here. But the racers, if you look at the U.S., like if you look at how many Kiwi racers there are compared to like the population, like there's a lot of Kiwi racers in the U.S. compared to like this, the population of this country is, is so minuscule compared to the population of the United States. And I really think that the racetracks here, they're like kind of off camber. And I it, it takes a lot of, of skill like i've definitely become a better racer since i've been here and i think that these tracks because they'll just race on anything they'll race anytime any any weather and i think that's what produces such such great racers out in new zealand but um so the the cool thing is one of the clubs i'm involved with the taupo car club um the club rooms are actually just just down the road just kicked off their winter series so <laughs> we've got you know everyone's coming from you know around the North Island to, to race in our winter series and it's about um, one one race weekend a month throughout winter and then of course during summer you get like all the national series and the summer series and stuff like that but there is racing year-round and that's what's phenomenal there's also tons of like hill climbs and rally sprints and and motor connas and gym connas like it's 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 full-on pretty much year-round which is really awesome I did not know that. And so I can see why now for sure you love being there because you can race yeah. every month of the year. So that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. How fun. Well, Lexi, I'm glad I asked you those questions because I learned something more about New Zealand and about you. And I just want to wish you very good healing for your broken leg. And Thank you. the sooner, the sooner you get out there to race, the happier you're going to be for sure. And, um, and so I'm going to be following you. You make sure you stay in touch with me as well. And I just hope you have a, a great season and um, just, you know, enjoy the things that you've done and the things that you're going to do. So no regrets. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And, and you should, you should get out and, and do all that, you know, travel around yeah. and yeah. 
I'm going to. I'm going to do that. I promise you. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, thanks again.